Hi, I'm Gary Naismith, and you're listening to Glory Days of Gold. Are you sitting comfortably? Then we'll begin. Everybody and welcome to another episode of Glory Days of Gold, the East Fife and Scottish Football Podcast. I'm Michael McCall. And I'm Lee Gillis. And we're back with a bit of a different show this week, Lee. This is the first of our new kind of look shows now that the season is officially underway. So no feature interview for people this week, which I know some people will be a little bit disappointed by. But we'll we'll just go with the flow and we'll kind of see what happens in future shows. But it's just great to have a, an actual competitive game to chat about, Lee. Yes, thank goodness. Um, and before we go into it, just a, a big shout out to, to the club um, who have been absolutely excellent with us, um, certainly this last week or so, and, and letting us get involved in the media side of things, which is allowing me to, to, to get to the game and, and take part. So particular thanks to, to Stephen Mill, Liam Anderson and to Leona um, for, for really looking out for us. And, and the club, when I've arrived, made me feel really, really welcome. So thank you so much. And, uh, you know, that wasn't the, the the sort of goal when we started this. It was to, to support the club in whichever way we could. And I have still bought my season ticket, so the money's gone in, but it's been good to, to be made to feel part of it. Yeah, I was thinking about you for when you were attending the, the Glenrothes game and then Cowden on, on Tuesday, because I it took me back to the first time that I went to, to a game as media with the Whitecaps, and I remember how nervous I was. It helps with East Fife because we know everyone, and it's great to hear that they made you feel welcome, because I was kind of like on my own, and I didn't know anyone, I didn't know any of the other media, and back then... There was a like the mainstream media looked down at like bloggers and folk with their own independent sites, so it wasn't the most friendliest of welcomes. So at least that was good for you. And once once you get the first one out of the way, if you're anything like me, and I'm pretty sure you are, it's like it's just second nature. Yeah, well, I mean, um, Saturday against Glenorthis, I'll be honest with you, I totally bottled it. Um, I'm, not, I'm not even embarrassed to say that I was really really nervous. Um, and I, I sort of hung around to see if I could see Darren or, or any of the guys but I think they were just in and getting away and I think that the Covid situation makes it more difficult mm. because I think really they've got to come out so I texted Darren during the week and said look can I can I grab you after the, the Cowden game for a chat he's like yeah we'll always chat to the media after the game but unfortunately Darren wasn't there yesterday but um, I had my, my first chat with Tony McMinn who was an absolute gentleman a complete and utter gentleman and again thanks to Liam because Liam shouted me over and, and got me to chat to, to Tony um, which you guys are going to hear later on the show so exclusive one-on-one interview with uh, Tony McMinn and his 100% record at managing the Fife um, I had a bit of banter with him about that yesterday um, and also with Kevin Smith who was uh, trying to steal the assistant manager's title I asked him which one he would prefer 
whether it would be his assist that he got or whether it was his 100% um, co-management record. And he said, the assist, fuck Tony. That was his exact word for word um, response. So I've dobbed you right in it there, Kev. But, you know, it was, it was uh, yeah, it was, it was an interesting experience, but one I really, really enjoyed. Yeah, well, we're going to hear, as you said, from Tony later on the show. We're also going to hear a bit from Kevin Smith with a, a new segment that we've got later on the show as well. And he has another go at Tony in that. Obviously, all in good, good-natured fun. Yeah, but, well, Tony said he thinks Kevin's after his job, so could be a little bit awkward there. It's probably our fault because we keep talking him up as being the new manager. But but before we go any further, Lee, let everyone know who this week's sponsors are. So this week's sponsor is Gordon Henderson. Huge thanks to to, to Gordon. He's sponsored the next couple of shows. Um, so great to have a, a fan um, as loyal as Gordon, you know, somebody that I've known at Bayview for, for years and years. Home and away fan um, supporting us. So thanks very much for that, Gordon. Yeah, thanks so much, Gordon. Known Gordon for a while and it's great to, to have that continued support from Gordon and, and everyone else. So let's get into the meat of this episode. Like I say, it's a bit different from our other ones. We're going to just shape things as we go along. So we are looking for your feedback, what you'd like from us, what you wouldn't like from us. Because I only have seen the, the highlights of, of the game and we'll kind of cover streaming costs and all that in this episode as well. You may have noticed Lee and me are taking turn about, just kind of leading how the show goes. So it should have been Lee's turn, but if Lee was asking me questions about the game, it'd be a very short episode. So we're getting me to kind of to run through it. I'm basing everything just on what I saw from the highlights and reading Foco on Twitter and, and Pi and Bovro and, and stuff like that. The League Cup, it's underway. We are 100% unbeaten start to the season at home and... 100% record in our new tartan kits, which has arrived for me. I am wearing this just now. And last kit I bought, I went with a large because I was told you better to buy a size up. And either I've lost some weight over all this COVID stuff, or these are slightly bigger fit because the large is a bit baggy on me. And I maybe should have gone with the medium. Well, I'm still waiting on mine arriving. Um, I don't know if they're having to store three or four of them together to get one that fits me. Uh, but no, I, I, I pre-ordered it as well, but mine hasn't arrived yet. So looking forward to getting that. I think Leona said that it was going to be early October. So I was chasing her the other day, but she's promised me as soon as it's in, she'll let me know. I'm desperate to get mine. Oh, I've when I, when I saw this in the mail on Monday, I was like, oh, yes, it's finally here. And it's, it's lovely. This is one of my favourite strips. It feels so nice. Uh, I like the badge now that I've seen it, uh, close up the gold badge and everything. And you can't knock a team that's got 100% record wearing this. So let's dig into that now, because not only did we win our first game of the season, we also won a Fife Derby, which has felt a rarity in recent years. And not only that, we beat Cowden, which has even been a bigger rarity in, in recent years. 2-0 victory over the Cowden family on Tuesday night. Just what what, what did you do? generally make it of the overall performance before we delve into some of it? You know, I, I don't think that it was by any stretch a, a great performance. I think that we ground a result out. Um, I think that particularly in the first half, Cowden probably edged it. I, I think I said that maybe we edged it on Twitter, but on reflection, I think that, that Cowden were probably the better side. It was funny because um, Gary Naismith was sitting a few rows in front of me and Liam Anderson came and pulled him and said, oh, would you come and have a chat with Fife TV at halftime about your thoughts in the game? He's like, I don't think you want to because Cowden have been the better team. Um, <laughs> you know, he, was, he said it was trying to be a bit incognito, so I think he was there working for Hearts, maybe just doing a bit of scouting on us. But look, 
I, I don't think that we were great the first half. We certainly changed the second half. We were very sloppy in possession at times, a lot of stray balls. I, I don't think that Danny Swanson had a, a particularly good game. I think that he, he'll know that himself, that he, he didn't play to his standard. He showed flashes of some excellent touches. You know, a, a couple of uh, great uh, pieces of link-up play with Ryan Wallace and, and Scott Agnew. I think that once the, the season gets in, we get that bit of momentum going we're going to notice a great partnership between between Danny and and uh, Scott Agnew. But I think that for me, you know, one of the standout players that I didn't include in my three two one was Ross Dunlop. I mentioned it briefly on on Twitter that I thought he was absolutely solid at the back, and it's a shame because sometimes defenders don't get the plaudits they deserve. But I mean, I don't think he lost a a fifty fifty. He won all his aerial duels. Um, so many times where he just took the ball and he, he just. You know, when it was in a, a sort of dangerous position for Cowden Beef and he had possession, you know, he didn't panic, he didn't just boot it. He looked up, he took a touch and he passed it and kept the ball in possession, which I really like with a defender. I'm not a big fan of just hoof unless you really huff this. So, uh, yeah, I, there was definitely positives to be taken from the game, but I don't think that on the whole it was a, a complete performance by any stretch of the imagination. And I guess that's to be expected. It's the, the first game of the season. Friendlies are one thing, but when you're in an actual competitive game, we spoke in last week's show, we didn't really know what to expect from Cowden Beath. And from watching the, the highlights that's up on, on East 5 TV, they certainly were pressing hard in, in, in that first half. Second half, though, it looked like they were under the, the cosh for quite a bit. We did hit the post in the first half. Ryan Wallace with a lovely strike that just went off the post. And it's one of those kind of fine margins moments of the game that if that had gone in, the floodgates might have opened at that point because you're kind of forcing Cowden to open up a little bit. And the longer it went on, I think Cowden were just getting pushed deeper and deeper into their half. And I don't know if they were just holding on to, to try and get to the 90 at 0-0, maybe try and hit in the counter and take it to penalties and, and see what they got at that point. But second half, we looked absolutely dominant from from the highlights. I don't know if that is what it was like for the full forty five minutes, but it certainly looked that way. Yeah, I mean, I think certainly the second half performance was the better of the two. You know, if I was to rate it as in first half, I'd probably give us about a four out of ten. Apart from Wallace's mm. shot off the post, you know, we were so sloppy in possession and. It, there was a, it was a lot of just niceties, like, oh, nice wee touches here and there, which is, which is nice, and nice is the word I would use. But I, I kind of felt we could have put count to the sword with how great we are going forward, um, you know, with, with Dunsmore, with Agnew, with um, Danny Swanson. You know, I, I felt like we should have created a wee bit more. Um, I thought Ryan Wallace ran his, his legs into the ground over the 90, but certainly the second half, you know, I would probably say between a 7 and an 8 out of 10, um, I think that the scoreline could have been a lot more it would have flattered us to have been more to have been honest but it could have been more had it not been for some, some good saves from the keeper Oh yeah, the Cowden keeper was in top form it's like some big, big stops and without them it could easily have been been the four four or five goals and Tony McMinn said on his 5 TV afterwards the, they, they were boys were relatively happy with it but they know that they need to take those chances in league games because if you're getting those chances against the likes of Partick, Wraith, Cove, Airdrie, whoever, in a league like this, you've got to be burying those chances. And we did enough to get past Cowden. That, that's not going to be enough when it comes down to, to league business, you, you have to feel. 
Probably not, no. But again, I'm not going to go hypercritical on the team because I kind of felt, I kind of feel that it's just, you know, we've not had a a tough preseason. You know, it's been very wishy washy in terms of you know quality opponent. We've not really had the chance to build up momentum. There's no fans there. You know, we we can make, you know, we could talk about it all day. But you know, it's it's a good good performance and. What I like to see is even when we're not playing well, we still get a win. I'll be I, I, honest, I, was, I, I expected us to steamroll Cowden. And I thought that Gary Bowen's got them very, very organised. Good pressing play. They were trying to press us as high, high as we could. Um, I, I thought that um, the boy Mullen that used to play with us um, had an excellent performance. I never really rated them at us. Um, no, just, he looked good to miss the... Um, you know, I thought that he, he, he did well against Dan, uh, Danny Swanson. But... Ultimately, the second half, it was a case of when and not if we scored. So I think that, yeah, we, we did well. And I thought that Jack Hamilton did so well to get his goal. Um, you know, he's, he's a big lad, but he, he definitely is he's, he's looking a handful. Some of the, the runs he was making, he was so unlucky with a couple of offside calls, which I think I need to see again. Um, but I thought that he did really, really well um, playing off the shoulder, which is not how I expected him to play. Mm. Um, you know, for a, for a big lad, you wouldn't expect him to play off the shoulder, but he, he was definitely making the runs for that. And I thought that, that another person that deserves a, a massive shout is Kevin Smith for his his pass for oh. Ryan Wallace's goal. Yeah. You know, that, for him to just look up and pick out Wallace. Now, I'm going to give Ryan the, 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 the credit he definitely deserves because to take that... On a on the bounce to keep that down. I mean, obviously it went to sort of top corner, but to not blaze that over the bar that takes a lot of technique and a lot of skill. And I don't. Th- and I've said before, I don't think Ryan's an out and out goal scorer, but he's he shown there that you want to what give him a chance, and he will stick it in. Yeah, I mean, last week in the predictions, I thought three 0 and I had Hamilton, Wallace, and Swanson each getting a goal, so I was pretty close. Two 0 We got two two of the three scorers. I mean, going back to Jack Hamilton's goal. To score in your debut is fantastic. It takes the pressure off him a little bit because you've brought him in on loan. So whenever you've got a loanee guy, things are expected of them when they've come down for, from the, the top flight. So you're thinking, well, if you can't cut it in this league, you're not going to make it. So there's always going to be pressure on, on these guys to perform. He jumped so well above the two defenders to to get to that, to, to knock it in. He definitely looks like a handful. And I love strikers that play on the shoulder. There was a guy in MLS that played for Montreal called Piatti. And so many times in a game, he was called offside because he was right on the shoulder. But it pays off so many times. It's like, yeah, you might be offside five, six times in a game, but you get one or two chances when you're not offside and then you bury them. That's that's all it takes. So I like that. And then it makes defenders think as well because they're like, shit, I have to watch here because if I step up and I'm and he's not offside or whatever. So, I mean, that's a handful. So you're wanting defenders to be thinking about him. They're already going to be thinking about Swanson because they know what he can do. And like Ryan Wallace, with a finish like that, you've then got defenders thinking, well, we can't give him any space because he does things like that. I mean, as you said, the control, let it bounce volley how many times I know we're not professional footballers but how many times have we done that just playing football and it just goes sky high how many times do you see it in a game from professional footballers that it goes sky high somebody would have been walking past Edinburgh Castle and been scudded with the ball if that was me because it's such a difficult technique to to try and control that and like I said for him to nail that with the way he did was was brilliant 
I was quite surprised in, in, t- in terms of how Cowden actually set up in, in the amount of space that Scott Agnew seemed to have. And I don't know if that's testament to the player he is in creating his own space, but, you know, he just seems to be so casual in the way he plays that it, it, it just, yeah, he always seemed to find himself in space. Now, I don't know if that's positional awareness. I don't know if it's the, the movement, but I kind of feel like if, if I'm the opposition manager, I'd be like, right, who's going to pull the strings for them? Scott Agnew every time. You know, either man on him or double a man on him, so that he's not getting the chance to to really create those chances. But I mean, again, the guy was excellent yesterday. And again, then it's like if you put two men on him, you're freeing up someone that's really dangerous that's not got got marker. So, that I mean, it bodes well. So when it was one nil, obviously we didn't get the second until eight minutes to go. Were you worried watching it that you thought Cowden could get back in it? Or when it went to 1-0, did you feel that's pretty much it? I'll be honest with you. I think I'm sure I said on Twitter that the first goal will decide how the game was going to go. Um, I kind of felt like if Cowden scored, I'd actually been worried that we might have not recovered from it. Um, But when we got the first goal, I was like, right, okay. I'll just maybe give us that confidence to kick on. And as soon as we went 1-0 up, but to be honest, I could have got the cigar out. I was I was pretty confident that, that we were going to go and, and win more comfortably. Now, when we were reviewing the, the matches over the, the course of the season, there's a couple of things we're going to do. Lee's going to do his, his 3-2-1. Any games that I do watch live, I'll kind of chip in my thoughts on that as well. And then I've do a glass half full, glass half empty. What we're taking as positives from the game, what we're not. Let's start with the positive. Gla- glass half full. What, what's your positive thing that you'd be taking from this game, apart from obviously the, the victory and the three points? I think the link-up play that we've seen between Scott Agnew and um, Danny Swanson looked really, really interesting. And I think that Danny's vision looks like it could create a lot of chances for us. So I think going forward, really, really... I'm, I'm positive about that and the five sub rule allowing us to have that strength and depth to, to make some some subs. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, I, I think that was very good and we'll, we'll hear a little bit from Tony McMahon about that in a sec. I, I mean, for me, just echoing what we previously said, just the, the threat of the front three and getting the creativity to them and the chances it is my glass half full. My glass half empty though is I might have a little bit of concern about some of the midfield because from reading comments and from just what I saw, we did seem to be a little bit out-muscled in the midfield, it looked at, at times, especially in that first half. Does that, that fair to say? Yeah, I think that probably by his own admission, I don't think Ross Davidson had a great game. I think there was a lot of pressure on Ross um, and he was a bit hesitant in his possession. So I think that if we're going to be playing obviously against a lot tougher opposition like to maybe see him have a wee bit more of a cooler head and, and, and look to retain the ball a wee bit more we are a bit lightweight in the midfield you know if you if you look at us with, with, um, with Agnew or Denham or Dunsmore they're all you know fairly fairly skinny guys so that mm. they'll probably find that they might get pushed off the ball that wee bit easier than maybe somebody that was a little bit more Rough around the edges, but I, I'm I'm not I'm still confident that the majority of our guys can can handle themselves, and, and we've got obviously um, Ross Dunlop and Chris Higgins that that can really stick the boot in and, and make themselves known if we have to. 
I hope so, because I've had the last three years of criticising the Whitecaps midfield that has been non-existent for most of it, and I don't want to go through another show where I'm having to go on about midfielders. So that would be nice if we can turn that around. So you, you gave your 3-2-1 from the match on Twitter. Let our listeners know who you went with, and we'll, we'll start to keep our points totals for this. Yeah, so I mean, the three points had to go to Ryan Wallace purely for his goal. I think that to have given it to anybody else would have been a, a crying shame on Ryan. Um, his movement was excellent in the game. He was unlucky hitting the post. He made some excellent runs. Um, I, I love just the way he plays. For a wee guy, he's got a good spring on him so he can jump. He, he, he puts his his boot in. You know, he's, he's just a player that when we lost him the first time I was gutted, I'm really glad he's back. So Ryan gets my three this week. Two um, is, is Scott Agnew, um, again, just a player that I, I love to watch. So good on the ball, excellent vision. Um, and I think that, yeah, there's always just that danger with Scott that he, he could just smash a ball in for 20 yards as well. Um, and my one point was going to go to Jack, um, Jack Hamilton. I think he, he did really well to take his goal and he was a handful for the defence. So a couple of commiserations. I thought Danny Denham was excellent when he came on. Um, he came on for um, Anne Dunsmore after Anne picked up a, a wee knock but I thought he really really changed the pace of the game and he was a bit more direct than what Arne had been in terms of running at players um, and I think that the fact that he, he looks so comfortable on his left foot coming off the right hand side you know you would expect him to rattle a shot in and, and, and um, I gave Danny my, my three points on Saturday against going mm-hmm. office because he was he was excellent then as well. He's, he's a player I really like a lot, Danny, and, and I really hope to see him challenging um, for, for a starting place. I definitely think he can give um, Arne a run for his money going forward. And like I said, at the, the top of the show, I thought Ross Dunlop was excellent. Um, I really thought he was, he was excellent and it was a shame that he'll, he'll not get any points this week. I think one of the the most pleasing aspects of this season so far as well is we know we've got a really deep squad. We know we've got competition for places and that's all that, that Darren Young can want. He wants people that aren't playing to get their chance when they come off the bench to show that they deserve to be there. And you talked about Danny Denham. Two good performances, one in a friendly, one in this. Hard to leave him out out the team now, but then it's like, where do you fit him into the team? And you've got all these other things. I mean, it's a it's a headache for Darren, but it's a good headache to have. The five sub rule, though, is fantastic for teams like us that's got that depth because you get players on the pitch. You can maybe like pull someone off after an hour. You can maybe pull someone off at half time. Some folk would prefer that to a, an orange, but... <laughs> The, I mean, the depth's there, the subs lets us do that. And we've got a, a new addition to the squad as well. And I don't know how much he's going to feature. He's probably more going to get some, some runouts with the, the, the U20s or whatever. But a young lad, I don't know too much about him, but I know you've seen him play uh, against Glenn Rothes Lee. Aidan McLaughlin, signed from Fife Elite. What, what can you tell us about him? So from what I seen on Saturday, I was very, very impressed. I thought he was probably the best player in the park on Saturday. And I said that to Tony in the in the chat that I had with him. Very, very comfortable on the ball, ran at the defence, but equally trapped back when he had to. Wasn't uh, scared to shout for the ball. A few times I heard him screaming at Scott Agnew for a pass. So definitely a confident lad. Um, I'm, I'm excited for him. Um, I think that 
I'd, I'd be interesting to see if he manages to make the bench for us um, this season. I think that there's a likelihood that he might get loaned out, mm. um, judging by what Tony said. I'd like to maybe see him go and get loaned out and get some first-team experience. But he's the sort of player that if he had to come into the, the first-team squad, I wouldn't be worried about his abilities. Definitely not. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing for these young guys. And it's a, a thing that we've seen over here in Vancouver. If you've got all this young talent, but they're not playing, then it, it doesn't help anyone. Like the Whitecaps have an under-23 team that don't play in a league. So they just have to play friendlies wherever they can. They've went and toured in Mexico and Korea and Germany and played some games there and they just play friendlies against universities and local teams. That that does nothing. You need to get them playing against men. You need to get them playing in matches that mean something. And sitting on the bench and not getting on is not going to do that either. So I think a loan deal for a few of these young guys would make a lot of sense. But as Lee mentioned there, we got a chance to to chat with Tony McMinn after the game against Cowden. So he, he touches on that. He touches on the signing of McLaughlin, what the future might lie in store, squad depth, five subs, and a few more things as well. So sit back and enjoy Tony McMinn. Yeah, the five sub rule will really make a big difference for yeah. us, the fact that you can just make that sub early yeah, on. And, and at the hard bit was deciding who was going to go on. Was it Danny? Was it Watty? Yeah. Yeah, was it Thomas Collins on that right-hand yeah. side? Um, which is great. Um, yeah. It's hard to decide what five you're putting on. Well, it's funny, I was getting pelters on Twitter today because I actually said that I fancied um, Danny or, or Watty to start. And everybody's like, well, what can you say I've seen that. I know, I was getting absolute pelters. So it, it just shows the quality throughout the squad that you yep. know, you, these boys are giving you tough decisions to make. Yeah. How do you fancy him? Is he expecting him to come in under 20s or are you expecting him to come in and challenge for the first there, There's a couple of options for him. Um, you know, if he needs games um, similar to Josh and, and that, um, if they need games, they can go and play with the twenties, yeah. um, so that they're not going to lose any match sharpness. Yeah. Um, might be a couple of teams have inquired on loan already, and we're going to sign them, so he could go and get games against men as well. Yeah. Um, so is that sort of loan league juniors that sort of idea? Kind of East of Scotland and that yeah. kind of stuff, yeah. yeah. Um, so that that could be good for him, and that that's the same way number eight twenties to be yeah. fair. There's, but I don't know when those leagues are going to start, but if they're uh, going to keep going, so we're no yeah. we're no chasing them at the door at the minute. Yeah. Um, I, I actually like the boy Matheson centre half on Saturday. Yeah. I thought he was very very good, and yeah. I thought that Craig did a good job of, of talking him yeah. through the game. Um, but I mean, there's a, there's another player, Craig Watson, that I thought was excellent on Saturday, and, and he's got to be chapping in a bit for a game of the week as well. They all are. Um, but what we're trying to say to them is that they need to. They just can't let their heads go down. You know, as a quality squad, you're not getting kept yeah. out because somebody doesn't like you or, or whatever. Eh? It's because there's a bit of quality, and, and then if you get into these like bungees or whatever, that might open up the spot for somebody Saturday as well. Um, one last question. Yep. Uh, Darren's obviously a notable absentee tonight. Everything yep. alright with him? I'd fine. Um, just a, a precaution. Um, but I'm not with me beat, so we'll no, just leave Exactly, exactly. Just tell them all they're coming back. Kev Smith texted me earlier the day. He's like, by the way, we're still undefeated, so. I um, was obviously speaking to Kev at the weekend. Oh, I was so slotting him. Was he getting pillars? I was like, yeah, after my job. Aye, exactly. No, no, anybody will know what that anything But no, it was good. The good thing when you're mentioning Jack, yeah, you've got Liam, just, just some of the ones that have been around about the first team. Yes. Liam, Jack, Josh, Aidan. We boy Cammy Dow yeah. um, that all played against Sorky are all O2s that so they can play 20s for two years. Yeah. Um, never mind. And um, obviously the under 20s yeah. is your baby, isn't it really? That's, I, well, Dave Heddle had a, a massive, um, in the community club, like, yeah. the community club's brilliant. I, mean, yeah. I don't think we publicise that enough as well. Yeah. You know, Dave Heddle had a, a big, big say yeah. in that and, and joining the club and the community club together. But yeah. um, Sun, me and Darn have done everywhere. Um, 
yeah. Alden Rovers obviously need a bit of money after selling Cornish yields and yeah. stuff like that. Um, I'm sure the chairman would be delighted if we could do the same. Or, or just produce something that we could keep. Yeah, well, as I say, there, there's five, and you've had yeah. Jack Healy's a year old, you know, yeah, Nathan Laird, um, you know, uh, Jamie Allen. They've all been on yeah. the first team, yeah, so. uh, no, uh, definitely. Uh, definitely. We're not afraid to use them if we need to. So some thoughts there from Tony McMinn, who took the team on Tuesday instead of Dan Young. But you don't have to worry, there was nothing. Dan's not signed for a new club or something. It was just some other stuff that was going on that he wasn't able to to take the team. I'm sure he'll be back in the dugout against the Rovers. And talking about the the Rovers, that was the next game that the Fife had in the Betfred Cup on Saturday. Now, unfortunately, Lee was working. So he wasn't able to watch the game live. So we didn't jump on after the game to to review this one. I also could not be arsed getting up at 7am in the morning, especially after not getting to bed until 2am the night before. But the the perks of being over here in Canada is the highlights from Wraith TV went up midnight your time in the UK, 4pm in the afternoon for me. So I've had a chance to watch the game. Going to delve a little bit into it just now. We'll look at it together with Lee in the next show. But a, a tough one, a heartbreaking 2-1 loss in the end for East Fife. You've got to feel they were a bit hard done by, but at the same time, a lot of it was our own undoing. Getting to the positive side of it, Ryan Newton, his first senior start, getting his first senior goal, 14 minutes in, Turned on a sixpence with a lovely volley in the back of the net to put the 5-1-0 up. And it looked like they were going to head into the break with that one goal advantage when the referee took over, a judge that Chris Higgins had pulled back Duku in the box, pointed to the spot, Hendry tucks it away from the spot, and we're all tied up at one. Now, I know from reading some of the, the WhatsApp groups and the Pine Bovro and stuff like that, that... The general feeling was that the Fife were hard done by to that. So I was keen to watch the the penalty incident. So when I saw it, this isn't probably going to be a popular decision, but I think the referee was right. Higgins does tug Dooku back. Whether it's enough to make him go down the way that he did, because he certainly made the most of it, you just simply cannot do that in the box. He put his hand on his arm and there was a kind of tug in motion. So, I mean, a referee is going to see that. I would say nine times out of ten, referee points to the spot for that. But he still had to feel confident going in one all. They'd played really well. They should have been in the lead. I mean, the second half, it was a fairly even second half. Wraith had an effort cleared off the line. The five pushed quite a few times. And then disaster. Three minutes to go. Corner kick. Collins, instead of just getting his foot on the ball and just kicking it into Rose Ed... Tries to do an acrobatic clearance, misses the ball. The ball gets played back into the back of the box. McDonald floats it into Dooku, who is completely unmarked a couple of yards out. Easiest way to finish that off, which he does. 2-1 Wraith. It's all over. Heartbreaking loss, but I mean, that that's all on some terrible defending by East Fife and that for me. They switched off at the end of both halves. 
that's something that will hopefully get worked upon and will not happen as the, the regular season kind of gets underway. But disappointing. That would be my, my glass half empty approach there is the, the switching off in the defence. But the glass half full thing to take from this match is they went toe-to-toe with a championship team. Should at least take another this game to penalties. They didn't in the end. But I think a lot that they can take from it, especially as it wasn't a full-strength East Fife team out there. Danny Swanson missing from this one. Hopefully it's not through an injury. Hopefully it's just a short-term thing. He did get subbed off in the, the game on Tuesday. I guess we'll find out a little bit more about that in the, the coming days. But I think a lot of positives to take from it. And we'll delve a little bit more into it in next week's show. So a, a good team performance uh, against Cowden. A good team performance against Wraith. No doubt helped, of course, by some good tunes in the dressing room. It's something that we, we've talked about with, with Fash. Uh, you've got to have good good tunes to get the, the team pumped up. And, I mean, I think anyone that's listened to this show and has had uh, Have You Heard and our Wavelength songs know that we pick good tunes. That might be debatable, I know, for some people. But it's time time for this week's Have You Heard Again? And Lee is back in the chair this week. What have you got in store for us? Yeah, so I'm desperate to get some submissions um, from some local bands. Um, I've been banging the drum for it for a while, but I've, I've not had anything new. So I'm going to go a little bit older. And for those that are either related to me or know me, um, my younger cousin who actually composed our, our theme song, um, was in a band from Dundee called Model Aeroplanes. They went on to be signed by Island Records. Um, so I wanted to play them. Just They're no longer together, but they've got some excellent tunes and you can still give them a listen to on Spotify. So the, you can give a listen to this song. It's called Innocent Love. Um, a few of the boys have went on and got their, their own um, bands now. In Magnum House, um, Grant, the guitarist, he went on and he's got a new single out with his own individual project, um, which is called Dev Green, and that's called No Sleep, which is also good if you want to listen to that. But go on and have a listen to this. So this is a Dundee band. They're called Model Aeroplanes, and this week we're going for Innocent Love.
model aeroplanes there, Innocent Love, this week's Have You Heard, a, a good tune there. And it doesn't have to be bands that are still together, there's some really good Fife bands from the past that I'm sure we will bring you on the show. Fife, Edinburgh, Dundee, anything kind of localised. If you've got tips, let us know on Twitter at Glory Days of Gold or glorydaysofgold at gmail.com. And we always like to have so, some good tunes. I, I meant to kind of ask you this, Lee, but it, like what kind of bands are are really kind of doing it for you just now, just in general? Um, Funnily, the other night I couldn't sleep, so I, I made myself a, a playlist for driving back and forward to work because it's either that and I listen to our podcast. So, yeah. Um, so I've tried to, to, to pick a few songs. And when I had one of my staff, um, I gave him a lift the other day and he was like, you've got the most obscene music taste I've ever heard. I was like, well, what do you mean? He's like, you can go from listening to rap one minute to simply read the next. You know, I, 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 yeah, I, I do have a, a pretty diverse music taste, but there's a band that I'm really enjoying just now called The Howl and the Hum. Um, I don't know if you've heard them. Um, they're a bit like Keen, um, so I don't know if they would be up your street or not. So yeah, they've got a few songs which I like. So one's called The Only Boiler Race on the Island, but my favourite one is called Hall of Fame. Um, I was actually going to put that as my Have You Heard this week, but you told me it had to be a Scottish band, so I had to get back in my box and, and pick a more local band. So definitely go and give them a listen to it. They're quite, quite keen in the way that they sound, but an excellent listen. So if you do decide to, to have a listen, give me a shout and let me know what you think. I mean, it doesn't always have to be a Scottish band, I guess, but I just think it would be nice, at least in the the early stages of it to to have a kind of Scottish flavour just because that there's so many good good bands out there. I actually on uh, the AFT and Soccer Show played PG Charletta's uh, The Sesh this week. So that was out in the podcast this week and then the radio show goes out on Sunday. So he's going to get Canadian airplay from that one. So looking forward to trying to see what the reaction is, if people can actually understand what his accent is and what he's singing about. So that could be interesting. Yeah, well, I, I was speaking to Phil the other day and he let me hear a, a little drop his new single, which will most definitely feature when that gets released. So hello to Phil and, and definitely keep us up to date with any music that, that you've got coming on. Um, so yeah, in, in terms of music, you know, I, <laughs> that's probably the more chilled stuff, but then I found myself listening to NWA yesterday. So, oh. you know, I know I know that you like your rap as well. So I had Express Yourself added to my, my playlist and I was trying to rap on the way that to work. So, and also a Canadian rapper since you're in Canada, I was listening to a bit of Drake as well. So I, I do, I, I'm not a, a strictly X Factor type music. Um, <laughs> that we get Glenn Walker there. That's um, really I, cut you that criticism, hasn't oh, it? <laughs> It's factor you the new Glenn. You're somebody I like, so that definitely not. I've not watched that since the last series. Um, but no, definitely not an X Factor fan. But I could understand why he made that judgment. I mean, for for me, in, in recent years, I I always thought, oh, there's there's no way I'm gonna stop discovering new music and and loving that. And then I did actually go through a bit of a phase the last couple of years where I wasn't listening to a lot of new stuff. And I was listening to lots of like old school punk, some of the more recent bands. I was really slow in getting into Sleaford mods. So I've got into them over the past year. I really like them. Idols, I love just now. They're one of my favourite bands. I don't know if they're too shouty for you. A little bit. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, their new album, Ultra Mono, is magnificent. And we're going to, we do an Artist of the Month on the FTN Soccer Show. So in November, I'm going to have Idols as our Artist of the Month. 
a band that I did have as art for the month who you might like. It's a two-piece girl band from Germany. They're called Gur, G-U-R-R. Very melodic. Lovely girls as well. So that's always a plus. Uh, they're, they're a good band, so you should check those out. And then, yeah, I've been listening to... I got into Scottish rap, I don't know why, about two years ago. I thought, I wonder if there's any Scottish rap. And then I found Mad Hat McGore, Weird, lots of guys like that. So I'm sure I'll bring you some of those and have you heard over the, the coming weeks and months just to annoy everyone. So here, here's a question for you, right? Well, obviously, Fash talked a little bit about music in the dressing room and how important it is to, to get guys G'd up, right? Pick three songs that if you, were, if you were in charge of the music in the dressing room, we're going out to play the Rovers, what do you pick? I would have Slipknot, Wait and Bleed. <laughs> right. It would get you fired up. Maybe a bit right. too much. We might have a lot of sending offs in the, the opening minutes. You can imagine Willie Brown going out and listen to that. I probably kick him in the throat. <laughs> this, this is why I don't coach under 10s anymore. Um, <laughs> um, I, I don't know. I'll have a think about that. What about you? So I would probably go Frankie Goes to Hollywood and Two Tribes. Oh, not not relax. <laughs> no, definitely not relax. I think Two Tribes is, is definitely one that, that would um, get you fired up. Um, Sash on Corinfoir would definitely get you, you know, bouncing about the, the changing room. And I'm just trying to think. Neil Diamond, sweet character. No, I'm only kidding. Um, <laughs> there's, there's actually a song, it's even if, if I need to have a big day at work, it's from Rocky. And it's by a guy called Robert Tepper and it's called No Easy Way Out. I don't know if you've ever heard that, but no. that is a... Have you ever seen the Rocky films? Yeah. yeah. There's I... no easy way out. There's no shortcut home. It's a proper, like, absolute 80s belt oh. reaction. And that's definitely... In fact, yeah, that, that would be my three. Has anyone told you you're a really good singer? No. I'm not surprised, really, but... <laughs> uh, right, so, right, I'm going with Slipknot, Wait and Bleed. I think Idols, Mr. Motivator. It's a song about getting motivated, and it's got a good chorus of, You're Joe fucking Kalzaghi! That would get them all fired up. And maybe one by Slaves. So, yeah, it's important to have good music in, in the dressing room. It's also... Good to have some characters, I think, in the dressing room. And we, we've had those over the years uh, at Bayview. We've got them just now. Which brings us nicely to a new section that we are introducing this week. It's not going to be a regular, it's not going to be a, a weekly thing, but we're going to bring it a, a few times over the course of the year. We're kicking it off with the captain, Kevin Smith. He's going to tell us all about his current East Fife teammates. We are the most reliable, definitely undeniable. It's like we're you and I about teammates, teammates. We. Looking at the current East Five squad, Kevin, who's the best trainer? Who's the worst trainer? Probably Murdo, uh, Stuart Murdo. He's the best trainer. Uh, Aaron Dunsmore is the worst trainer easily easily the worst he's got his attention span is absolutely zero so Aaron Dunsmore easy <laughs> Who, who's got the the best sense of humour in the the changing room and who's got the worst one the worst Aldo, Waldo's quite angry all the time so we'll go for him as being the worst he's, he's always uh, shouting and screaming 
Um, who's got the best bit? Kyle Bell. Belly's a good lad. He's always happy, cheery. Aye, nothing gets him doing. He, he, he keeps everybody going and he, he's a good laugh. Uh, always bubbly. So, aye, we'll go for day two. Just a Wait. side note, I bumped into Ryan Wallace at uh, Blair Drummond Safari Park. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was you look terrified. <laughs> what are you? Hi, like I took my daughter over and I was like, oh, look, I was like, oh, I'm well, she'll score 20 goals next season. He went, I wouldn't count on it. Look, I run the East Five Fans podcast, which come on, he was like, aye, if you want, aye, just do uh, yeah. <laughs> Angry wee man, he's not got a bad personality, that was a bit harsh, but he's an angry wee man on the football pitch. <laughs> He loves a moan, like he definitely oh, loves a moan. There's no you know, two ways that. But the poor boy, honestly, just looked like a total deer in the headlines. Like, did you have your these five strip on? No, he didn't. He didn't have his kit on either. <laughs> Brilliant. So we talked to you in your interview about your dress sense and Jonathan Pages in the past. So currently in the Don't dressing room... Don't put me in that bracket with Pages. I'm not bad. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I just got with what Fash told us. <laughs> he said it was the worst clobber going. So that was his exact oh, words. So, so who just now then has the best dress sense and who's got the worst? Oh, that's a good one. Um... Murdo's got the best. Murdo wears whatever he wants. Shoot Murdo. He's got the best dress sense, hands down. Who's got the worst? Um, oh, that's a hard one. Chris Higgins. Higgy's rubbish. Higgy's Chris. Ah, he's, he's always an old man now as well, isn't he? So he uh, he doesn't dress too great. I think it's All Saints. Just wears like an All Saints top and that's about it to, to keep him at He goes for the label instead of actually how it looks. He wears... Tries to wear jeans that are too short for them and tries to be stylish. It doesn't work. So, uh, we'll go for Higgy. And best taste of music, worst taste of music? Uh, best is uh, Waldo. He does it in the changing room, Ryan Wallace. So, he, he's good. Um, who's tried to put it on before? I think Tony McMahon's tried to put his music on before and it's rubbish. Celtic songs, things like that. So, uh, he's got a lot of He's <laughs> a guy that's going to put on like ABBA in the changing room, you know. Ah, a bit of dancing queen, you know. He's miles off it. His gear, actually, I should have put him for the worst gear as well. He turned up to a night out with a pair of Adidas like sambas that were like green, had green stripes on them for Celtic. Oh, they were terrible. So I should have put him for the worst, worst dress sense instead it, of Higgy. If you were picking the music, then who would be your go-to music? What would I? Um, probably just like 90s dance music I'm into all that we growing up then so like um, wait te- techno and... rave stuff or <laughs> hey, rave stuff <laughs> techno rave stuff because you need something like that before a game don't you you can't put like Backstreet Boys or Westside for that one can you <laughs> I, I would have punk playing to be honest just get you all fired up but then fired. yeah it's the guy that's going to have you be pulling out your bonkers CD from the 90s and that's putting that the one. That's the one. Well, <laughs> remember it well. Old remember cassette player it. in there, right? <laughs> I've still got my CDs from the, back then as well, so yeah. Oh, yeah. Last thing then, who who's the vainest guy in the team? Probably Aggie. He's always fixing his hair, wee Aggie. He's got that wee... You know, he's gone bald on top the same as me, but he always combs it over and always in the middle trying to fix it and puts moisturiser and brand new boots and things like that. So uh, I'll go for I'll go for Aggie. <laughs> well, as far as I'm concerned, he can do whatever he wants. Uh, like literally, if he wants to get <laughs> his boots after the game, he's uh, some player, isn't he? He's good. Oh, 
Absolutely. Yeah. I'm, I'm definitely one of the best that I've seen at Bayview. I was going to say, who's the longest in the shower? It used to be Nathan Austin. I, I don't know who it is now. Well, we've not had any showers by this current squad because we're not allowed to. So, oh, um, really? <laughs> <laughs> we're, not allowed, we're not allowed to shower before and after games at the minute. So, um, I, Nathan Austin will go for him. He's a former East Fife teammate. He, he couldn't get him out of the shower. Superb. Yeah. <laughs> I never thought about the showering thing, actually, but aye. That's, that's insane. You're on a football pitch together. It's like having a showers. Horrible because you've got to travel back in the car and yeah. you're all sweaty and I don't know how they're going to work it in the winter because it's not exactly going to be oh, very geez. practical. Is you know you're not getting a shower and you can imagine the temperatures are going to take a dip, aren't they as well? So well, if you're playing on grass pitches as well and it's rainy, you're going to get be covered in mud. Been covered in mud, so and it doesn't seem like this COVID situation is going to get any easier anytime soon, does it? So no. um, see, we're, we're underpaid, undervalued as as football players, aren't we? Very much so. <laughs> oh, East Fife level. East Fife level, aye. This is an appeal, Jim. Kev's angering for a new contract. So. <laughs> Some more money, please. <laughs> we are the most reliable. Definitely undeniable. It's like we're you and I about teammates. So Kevin Smith there dishing some dirt on the teammates. So now the challenge is laid down for some other guys in the dressing room. What can you tell us about your teammates? Where would you put Kevin Smith amongst that? We'll have some other questions that we'll ask them as well. I mean, what would you like to know, Lee, about some of the the dressing room just now? Who's the best what or the worst what? Oh, I don't know. I need to have a serious think about mm. that. I'd like yeah, to I just know- threw that at you. <laughs> Yeah, who's going to be the most annoying? Oh, like, yeah. Like, like, who's like the good guy on the pit or like off the pitch, man? Absolute a hole on it. Um, I think that one of the guys that springs to mind is when I met Ryan Wallace. He seemed like the nicest guy ever, but see when you hear him on the pitch, oh my god, does he moan? So <laughs> I wonder if he would fall into that bracket. But look, some of the players do listen. So if any of the players do listen, you want to stitch up your teammates, just drop us a, a DM on Twitter, and we're, we're more than happy to have you on. Oh, we'll get you on for a nice five, ten minute section here. If there's anything you'd like to know as well, listeners, as to who's the best or worst, whatever, best cook, worst cook, maybe. We'll, we'll see. So obviously a, a strong camaraderie in the, the dressing room is key to have. Danny Swanson and Kevin Smith would have had a strong camaraderie at Dundee United. But also I think what is important uh, is having a good selection of biscuits for after the match. It's like if you give blood... You get a biscuit. They were talking about that on, on Off the Ball last weekend. Biscuits is our thing. Leave the biscuits alone, guys. So we, we heard a little bit about Fash talking about teammates clobber and stuff. I, I wonder what everyone's favourite and worst biscuit would be. Well, we, we'll find out soon what Fash's favourite biscuit was, as it's time to find out if he fancies a chocolate digestive. So Fash, if you're sitting at home, you decide to have a hot beverage, what's your hot beverage of choice? Is it a tea, a coffee or something else? It's uh, it's actually a cup of tea in the house, but um, I like a coffee when I'm when I'm out. But I like a tea in the house because you can't get good coffee in the house unless you 
spend hundreds on a barista machine, which I've not got. Aye, I've been looking into that and then we decided against it. It's just cheaper going to buy coffees outside. Yeah, Costa. Costa's my go-to. So, um, yeah, I don't, uh, I don't eat... Um, I only have tea in the house. Simple. So do you have a sweet tooth? If you're having your, your tea or you're having your coffee outside, do you like to have a, a little sweet treat with it? Um, I certainly do. If I'm in Costa, I have a caramel shortcake. Oh. I've got an extremely sweet tooth. And uh, if I'm in the house, I'll probably have... Ooh, Quite simple, chocolate digestive, usually. I like to dunk that in my tea. Oh! So I think too yeah. adventurous, but um, I've got a really sweet tooth, yeah. That, you've just like, I mean, you've made my night, because that's what our section's called. It's like anyone fancy a chocolate digestive. I don't know if you've heard any of the shows, so it's like, if you have heard <laughs> the shows and you've picked that, obviously you're trying to get in our good books before... No, no, that's my good to Kelty. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone fancy a Well, what can you say? We liked him before when he was scoring all the goals for East Fife, but Nathan Fash Austin, a big fan of chocolate digestives. We've got to bring him back to Bayview now. I mean, it's just, it's written in the stars. And something else that might be written in the stars? Are Scotland heading to their first major tournament since 1998? It's been 22 years of heart, and we're now one win away from taking part in Euros 2020, played in 2021, next year. Now, Lee and me were going to break down this match. We thought we would kind of jump on together after the game and kind of break down the successful win if Scotland had got past Israel. But as it turned out, it was a pretty shitty game. So we just decided we'll kind of cover it a little bit in the next show. Just leaving it to me just now to splice in a little bit about Scotland's success. It was a game that certainly had nil-nil written all over it. Now, now after 90 minutes, now, now after extra time, although Scotland came close as anything to winning it in the dying second with that shot that came off the post. But I went to penalties and I felt confident, even with Scotland having all those players out. 5-3 win in the end. Serbia now awaits them. Win that, which is going to be a very tall order, I know. And they're off to the Euros. Can they do it? Let us know on Twitter. At Glory Days of Gold, you should know that Twitter account by now. We'd like your thoughts on it. What did you make of the performance? What do you think of their chances of getting to Euros 2020? We'll chat a little bit more about that game and your thoughts on it in the next show. Now, we know Scotland were missing a lot of players in this one. Some out for injuries, some out because of COVID tests, some out just simply because they could not travel in these quarantine times. And one of these players was favourite of the show, Johnny Russell, who's out here in North America playing with Sporting Kansas City and MLS. We touched on it on last week's show, I think it was. It might have been the one before we with Danny Swanson that Johnny Russell is doing so well out here in, in Major League Soccer, but when you bring him over to play for Scotland, he's not being utilised the best. So we haven't seen the best of him in a Scotland jersey. Wasn't able to fly over for this one. FIFA rules meant that if any country required more than five days quarantine when players returned, they did not have to be released by their clubs. So that is the case in the US just now, where it's a 14-day quarantine period. 
would he have made a difference? I think so. More importantly, talking to Johnny gives me the chance to introduce another new section on this week's show. This is a section we've been recording with all the guys that we've spoken to over the last few weeks and months. We've been hearing if they like chocolate digestives. We've been hearing if they like biscuits. Now, it's time to find out what is Johnny Russell's favourite jam. What's your favourite jam? Traffic jam. What's wrong with raspberry? What's wrong with plum? How's about a blob of elderberry on a scone? What's your favourite jam? If you're sitting at home, you're having a muffin or a crumpet or some toast, you decide to have some jam in it. What's your favourite jam? This is terrible because I had loads of jam when I was back home. My daughter loves it. Um, I cannot even remember the name of it. Um, I actually got really into it. So, in the Scotland trip, some of the hotels we go to, they do a, they do a scone and jam, and it is uh, it's incredible. I think it's Halls. I think it might be Halls jam. Okay. What flavour? Strawberry. Strawberry. Strawberry's the one. Got to go strawberry. It's my it's my daughter's favourite, so there's always strawberry jam kicking about the house. And uh, <laughs> she got into when she was here peanut butter and and jam. Uh, <laughs> kind of fell away from it when we went back home. Apparently, she doesn't like it anymore. So ah. we'll see how long that lasts. Probably about a day when she comes back here. She's only good luck this no season. My dog. Cheers, man. Bye. What's your favourite jam? Scotland International Sporting KC forward Johnny Russell there. Letting us know what his favourite jam is. We have a lot more of these coming up. And some other fun food items that we've been recording with all the guys as well. Why is it always food? I don't know. Maybe I'm just always hungry. But from a new section to one of our old favourites now, it's time for this week's Who Are You? So we're back with another Who Are You? Lee is 1-0 up in the series so far and we welcome back to the show East Fife historian, associate director and the man that is, for me, the fountain of all East Fife knowledge. Welcome back to the show, Stephen Mill. Thank you, Michael. I'm glad to be here. Um, Hope all is well with you across the pond and with Lee across the, the Tay Bridge there. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I think things are better with us over here right now, judging by everything that's happening over there. So, yeah, we won't, we won't get yeah. into that. <laughs> but on the upside, we did pump cow down last night, so every cloud. Yes. Yeah, it was it was good. I bumped into you after the the, the final whistle, Lee. You've managed to blag yourself a, a press pass. Yeah. How did that come about? I believe the expression is shy kids get no sweets, Stephen. So <laughs> don't, don't ask, you don't get. But no, I, I will actually say, and I'll probably say this in the show as well, um, a huge thanks to, to Liam Anderson, who's who's gone above and beyond to support us in the podcast and, and, and ensuring that we're, we're kept up to date with all that's going on. So huge thank you to him and obviously yourself for, for showing me the ropes on Saturday and then again yesterday. No, no, it's, it's well earned, you know, but we need as many bona fide fifers 
in the press seats as possible, and you certainly qualify. So it's it's great to have you there. And Sorry. I'm going to reward you now with my, my I win my, my my second week in a row. Oh, confident! Yeah. I I'm confident. I I haven't had a chance to memorise any dates of birth this time, but we'll see how we get on. I'm thinking Stephen's going to throw an old one out for us this week, but we'll see. Yeah, I hinted at that. Uh, so I'll fire away there. Okay. Uh, date of birth, obviously. First clue, date of birth. 18th of April, 1947. That's the first clue. Right. <laughs> A few scratching of, stra- scratchings of nappers going on there. Um, second clue. He signed for us from St. Andrews United. Okay. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. I think we're going to go into extra time here. I can feel it yeah. in my bones. Uh, third clue. Um, he made 353 appearances for East Fife. Only four players have made more appearances than this individual for the club. So that's 353 appearances for East Fife. So is that's it, a fair whack. Is it Dave Gorman? Oh, you, you're in there early, Mike. You've got it. You've got no. it. <laughs> there we go. Right. We need to show your, you need to show your thinking there. Well, um, when we had Davy Clark on the show a couple of weeks ago, I was looking at the list of all-time appearance people for East Fife. And I knew that Jim McLaren was up there and I knew that Davy Gorman was up there and I thought, well, it's too old to be Jim McLaren. So I thought I'm going to take a punt with Davy Gorman. It's a, it's a very good punt in, indeed. And just looking back, it, it got me scratching my head because my fifth clue was he was the only person ever to be awarded with two testimonials for East Fife. Oh. Uh, one in 1974 sorry, 1973 against Wolverhampton Wanderers together with three other players. And he got a second one in 1984 mm. against Rangers, which you'll probably remember. Yeah, that one I remember. I didn't, um, know he, I didn't know he was one of the ones that got the Wolves one. I've got the programme for that. Yeah, it was him, Peter McQuaid, Walter Borthwick, and Davy Clark was there as well. Davy Clark didn't get a second one. So Davy Clark got one. And this is what I was scratching my head about looking back just tonight when I did my research. Why did David Clark not get a second one? It's a it's yeah, a huge question. I know. You'd think Gorman got one. Yeah. That is a weird one because you'd think well, I guess because like Davy I mean when would he have had it when he hung his boots up? But maybe that was what mid eighties? I can't remember when he stopped playing for us. It must have been eighty four. Yeah, he played he made a few appearances um, when Gordon Marshall got injured at Hamden, I don't if you remember that game, it might be just before your time. Mm. Um, Marshall got injured at Hamden. Um, he was first choice goalie at the time, and he went off and he got stitched up, but he, he couldn't play for. He came on to to play for the remainder of the game, but uh, Gorman came in for a few games after that, and we won promotion that season. Uh, and at the start of the following season, he was awarded his testimonial against Rangers. But Clarkie was still playing at the time. Yeah. So I don't know whether there was some arrangement that was made with Davy Gorman before beforehand that he would get a testimonial after so many appearances. But uh, he got a second testimonial against Rangers, and uh, 
We won 1-0 and Gavin Murray scored the only goal of the game, I think, at the beginning of the following season. Um, but David Clark didn't get a, sec- second, mm. a, a second testimonial, so that was a strange one there. But Definitely. A, f- a fun fact about the, the Wolves game, the goalkeeper for that Wolves game is a guy called Phil Parks, not the Phil Parks that played for West Ham, because there's two of them. For years, I thought it was the same Phil Parks, but that Phil Parks also played for Vancouver Whitecaps and won soccer ball here in 1979 with us. And I spoke to him last year. I asked him if he remembered playing at Bayview in that testimonial. He he had no recollection of that at all. (laughs) Apparently, the match report, um, there was bottles flying at the the goalkeeper. um, He should have remembered that. It must have been Phil Parks. Yeah, which must have been him. So you think he would remember dodging bottles at uh, whatever end of the terrace, whatever end of the Bayview it was. Um, but the 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 some kind of friendly game that was, you know, bottles flying on the terraces. Uh, but that's what, what it was like back then. Um, but uh, Davy and the two Davies got a testimonial back then, alongside Peter McQuaid and Watty Borthwick. Uh, there was a 3,300-odd crowd. Um, oh, wow. So, decent attendance, but mm. divided between four players. Yeah. They made a huge amount of bucks. Yeah, that's true. Back then. Uh, and I think there was about, I think, just over a 1,000 marks. So, we'd have made about the, the same again for the second testimonial, David Gorman, that is. So, um, but interesting stuff. Yeah. Anyway, thanks so much for joining us, Stephen. That's okay. So thanks to Stephen Mill for joining us again for Who Are You? It's now tied at one apiece. I think this is going to be the trend though, Lee. If it's a modern guy, you're going to get it. If it's an old guy, the old guy's going to get it. Yeah, um, to be honest, he could have gave me a hundred guesses and got got that. I I think I need to brush up on my, my knowledge of the older generation if I'm going to stand any chance of winning this by the end of the season. I only really got it, to be totally honest, because, well, some of the other clues might have given it away, but because I had just been looking at all-time appearances uh, about two or three weeks ago when we spoke to David Clark, it was kind of stuck in my head, like, who was in our top ten. So, that was good. But, yeah, we'll be back with another Who Are You next week. Hope you're still playing along at home, and hopefully me guessing it so early then didn't spoil it for you, because we didn't really get the rest of the clues. Hmm. Maybe we should write it down and hold it up at the end or something, so that everyone can get all the clues. We'll, we'll think of a different, uh, a different format. And yeah. But it's time for this week's mailbag. What what's been filling your sack this week? As per usual, not much. Uh, but no, uh, I think that that I, I'm going to have to start this off with an apology. And if you could Again? dub in, some, yeah, if you could dub in some really sad downbeat music i got a message from so basically anything you'd pick and have you heard <laughs> um no some some really sort of sad depressing song like like the hulk walking away oh um, yeah if you could maybe dub that into this section that'd be great so i'm going to start off this with a a, a, a major apology to, to regular listener and, and all-round top guy, um, Doug Perry, who has sent me something that we've asked for every week, but because it's on Facebook Messenger, I'll look at it at work and then go, right, I'll need to remember that, and then oh. totally 
I do that but, a lot with stuff. Yeah, and I apologise because he's, he's literally done everything that we've asked oh, for. Oh no! I've not packed any of them. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to dedicate this last section to Doug Perry, and I'm going to read out everything that he sent us because I've got him to compile it all in our email, and we'll go through it. Super. So, he started off with is the man he loved to hate, and he started off with Murray McDill at Cowden. So he remembers him feigning an injury right at the front of the stand to get one of our boys sent off in a game that we ended up with eight men. He got up as soon as the red card was shown and winked at the crowd. I was almost over the barrier and in the jail. Um, I also remember Doug, and I've got a story about Doug, is I played for the Bayview All-Stars team and Rowdy Drinkers. Yes, the Bastards. Yeah, I'll I'll let you say that um, because... Yeah, I'm, I'm on language patrol and I've already said the F-bomb repeating what Kev Simpson, uh, Kev Simpson, sorry, what Kev Simpson, uh, Chris, you don't I've even know who our captain what... is. <laughs> My old boss is called Kev Simpson and I always go to call him that. So, and I've already repeated what Kev Smith said to me in a text last night. So I don't want to get in the, the bad books at home. Um, so yeah, um, a story about Doug Perry when I was playing for the Baby Wolfers team in Rowdy Drinkers. Um, I played the first half and I want to say we were playing away at like, like Alawa or, or some absolute hole a place. And I played left back. And to be honest, I actually remember I, I played fairly well. And um, But there was this boy in the right wing and every time he got near me, I booted him. And I must have only been about 16, 17. But he just started getting raging. Eh? And Doug, Doug pulled me over and he was like, look, he was like, if you put another tackle like that in, he's, he's going to do you. So... Naturally, he came up the wing and I did him again. So they subbed me off at half time for more protection. Um, you got pulled off at half time. Yeah, to be honest, it was, I really enjoyed it. <laughs> but no, um, so that was a, a shout for Doug. And I always remember that, that at that game, he said to me, he was like, Are you from Pitcoody? And I was like, yeah, he's like, oh, you used to come to the youth club that I ran. He used to run the youth club at Cadham and played football there. So it uh, turns out I'm a, uh, I've known Doug for a, a long time and who is also in a band that I've asked to write an East Fife song, which we haven't received yet. But anyway, that's a story for another day. So he's then given us as Mount Rushmore. Um, so we're going to give him his, his Mount Rushmore. So he's gone for Sludden, who was his hero growing up. First ever number in the back of the shirt was his, and he also had a teddy called Sluddy. Oh. And he's also gone for Kenny Duker. He's went for Willie Brun. And in brackets, he's put, who'd have a sculptor required for that schnauzer? <laughs> <laughs> and he's also went for Dave Beaton. Oh. His next one is he's given us his all-time 11. So his all-time 11, um, he's gone for a, he's a proper 11. So he's gone for Lindsay Hamilton in goals, Johnny Smart, Julian X the Blueguerin, Dave Beaton. He's went for Gilbert Allen, Robert Pritz, Archibald, Scott Agnew, um, Robert Scott, Paul Sludden, and Kenny Duker. Completes his 11. So he's gone for... 3-4-3. Yeah. His subs, he's gone for Fash, Bobby Lynn, Arnold Warica, Don Cusick, Ronnie Hildersley, and Ray Charles. So he's then gave us his favourite away day to wrap it up. So he says... Favourite away day, Gretna 2, East 5-3, very drunk after a 7am train, 2-0 down and hating life. When we equalised with seconds to go, a Hearts fan I worked with who was along for a jolly turned to me and said, there's time in a dramatic Hollywood way. Seconds later, God scores and life was epic. Mm. So that, were you there when we won 3-2 at Gretna? Yeah. 
Yeah, definitely takes us back um, to that. And he's rounded it off by saying, loving the shows and keep up the good work. So thank you very much, Doug. And hopefully we'll get you on this, the, the show soon with one of your own songs. Never got his hard man. Um, oh, no, he hasn't given us a hard no. man. I mean, I, I, I like a hard man. That's what my, my wife says sometimes. Yeah, and I feel sack. Mm. So yeah, let, let us know your hard men or your favourite hard man, Doug, as well. We'll get that in. And that has now set the standard for everyone else. We want you to be as prolific as Doug and get all your answers into us. Email might be the best way to do it. Glorydaysagold at gmail.com. I should probably start checking that. I'm bad with emails. You, you said about Facebook Messenger. I get emails and then I'm like, oh, I'll reply to that later. And then because I'm on so many different football clubs, media mailing lists, I get all these emails in over the course of a day. And then the email has slipped way down. And I've forgotten all about it. And then I find it weeks later. And I was like, shit, I never replied to that. Like Manscaped. Like Manscaped, yeah. I haven't got back in touch with them yet. So that's nearly it for tonight's show. But we can't go without bringing you... Rachel Gillis's favourite part of the show, Wavelength. She's always driving along, bopping away to the music that we play in this section. So Lee selected Wavelength last week with Andy Cole, former footballer. So I said, I set myself a challenge. I'd pick this week's Wavelength that would be kind of linked in some way. So I was actually going to go with another rap thing with Goldie Luke and Chain, but I thought I'll save that. I've gone with Another rap thing, though, kind of. So I've gone this week for a, a song by another former footballer. And this is a footballer that Doug Perry mentioned about loving to hate. I just hate this guy. He's played with Seattle Sounders over here. He's an American internationalist. A lot of people will know him more from his time playing in England with Fulham and with Tottenham Hotspur. This is a player who released a rap song in time for the 2006 World Cup which he took part in with the US. It was kind of in conjunction with Nike. He goes under his rap name of Deuce, which is his also football nickname. It's Clint Dempsey. And this is his song called Don't Tread, which also features Big Hawk and EXO. In the beginning, we were those kids kids. that played on the dirt fields. But with determination, determination, we came from the bottom and rose to the top. Chased and grabbed a hold of our dreams Now we play on the fields where the grass is green And we can tell from the looks on their face When they find out what the dream is we chased They hate But we as a team Have a phrase we say when negativity comes our way Don't tread on this to a toe like the roots of a tree Thanks I gained a sport Then why not get sign me? Cause I got on my job And made the game ferocious I was born with the drive I got that from your coaches Big hawk and deuce Spitting truth in the booth Stop, drop, and roll I brings down the roof Got nothing to lose And everything to prove Don't change the mood Cause we done paid our dues Best to get away For the USA Now we're hot You might think we're a sun ray In over your head Southside Be fed This is life and I'm grinding Till I'm dead Take the DJ school This ain't Friday Night Lights But I got the infrared Yeah And you already know Fakers on the shoes You how to get the deal And Big Hulk ain't through Everybody I just see Ball your hands We recognize real We're brand for this Don't dread on this We're dream 
don't you let on this Everybody got your speed bar, get head to this We was bred for this Don't you let on this Don't you let on this I'ma just do it like Nike Spit it so nicely When I'm done some ain't gon' like me I'ma try to say it politely So it is like I might come across a tad bit feisty Shake my resume and see what I've done I'm official like a chick on my AF1 From the slums Raised off nothing but crumbs I don't want none And look what I've become Uh-huh, uh-huh I'ma just keep it real And my brother's ghetto dreams will be fulfilled And on the field Who's gon' show the skills Wheel and wheel for real And snow and feel My balls are real Homeboy, please don't tip me Or I'll cross you over like the great Clintus The grind is in there Please don't tread on this This is stop and rap with a screwed up twist Everybody got your speed Bark your head to this Real recognize real We was praying for this Don't tread on this Don't tread on this Everybody got your speed Bark your head to this Real recognize real We was praying for this Don't tread on this Don't you let on this Don't wake a sleeping giant unless you wanna see him piss Though I'm quick with my feet, you ain't seen the fist It'd be a one hit a quitter, then class dismissed Best to think twice for you, try and tread on this Games hard in the streets, kids with no shoes on their feet Winning satisfies hunger, they don't need to eat Yeah, we came here to learn, but we starting to teach Cause we stood in the shadows, now you can see Haters wanna hate, but man, I'm feeling great Thanks to soccer, I'm ground more ice than a hockey skate More cash is in the bank, no need for y'all to I didn't cut the yard and threw the trash away In the south we got the game on lock More games than a game cock In Texas we bleed block Straight close up shop Don't get it twisted You stacking on wealth You think we trip man? Check the stats yourself Everybody got your speed Ball your head to this Real recognize real We was praying for this Don't tread on this Don't tread on this Everybody got your speed Ball your head to this Real recognize real We was praying for this Don't you let on this Don't you let on this So Clint Dempsey there Have to watch how I say that It is Clint apparently I have called him other names over the years Featuring Big Hawk and XO With Don't Tread So I wanted to call you out on something You said that that was in conduction with Nike Yeah Who the hell calls it Nike? If you're cycling on a bike You don't call it a bikey do you? I've been living here for too long clearly it's like, I also now don't know how to say Adidas, Adidas. Adidas. Okay, we say Adidas over here then. It's very confusing. Is it, and is it Puma instead of Puma? I still say, ah, now see, I still say Puma, like I say tuna, but everyone else says tuna. So when I say I'd like a tuna sandwich, they're like, what? Oh, no. We need, I, I think as a, a group, we need to bring you back because that's your, you're essentially a mountain now. I have the uniform, but that's for special moments. <laughs> and we'll be back with more special moments next week. But just before we wrap up this show, Lee, give us another mention of who the sponsor is and where people can find you online. So thanks again to, to Gordon Henderson. Like I say, he sponsored the next few shows. So big thanks to Gordon. If you do want to sponsor any of our upcoming shows, we have slashed our prices. So it's just £10 per show. Um, and we've got an offer on it at the moment where it's three shows for £25 to save yourself a whopping £5. And um, we've got lots of opportunities coming up and there's going to be more interviews coming up soon. So if you're looking to get in touch with us, you can find us on uh, Facebook, Glory Days of Gold, Twitter at Glory Days of 
gold um, or email us at glorydaysofgold at gmail.com we are looking to potentially launch a website in the, the coming months we Mike this swooped in and bought us our domain so we're going to hopefully have some content on that soon but in terms of where you can find me online um, you can find me on Twitter at LeeG1903 and all the other um, social medias at Gillis underscore 89 I'm Michael McCall. You can find me on Twitter at AFTN Canada and at AFTN website. Check out both of AFTN sites, AFTN.co.uk for all your East Fife stuff, AFTN.ca for your North American football chat. But that is it for this week's show. We will be back next week talking more East Fife games, hopefully more East Fife wins. But until then, thanks for listening, take care, and more on the Fife. You've earned your football badge. Yay!